You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're back on Inside Black and Gold. We're going to dive into the mailbag. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Gillick. I'm subscribed yet. Please do that. Talking about the Saints 31 24 loss. At least we can say 24, right? I guess that's a positive. They did put up 24 points, so we can we can say that. And the difference in the game, a pick six, uh, which that sucked. I, I, the defense was playing very well in the second half after the first half debacle. And then the Jags, I'm sorry, yeah, the Jags put seven on the board. Foyasade, Aluakan, very good player. Um, anyway. Yeah, so, that's why the whole deal, obviously, with Foster Morrow, you can't blame anything on one dude. There were so many hands in the pot of debauchery. There is, yeah, there is plenty of blame to go around. But so KD says, don't forget that second rounder from Denver. Correct. Don't forget that second rounder from Denver because it's looking like it's going to be a pretty good pick. But the second half of this comment will have three picks in the top 40. Incorrect. The Saints don't have their own second rounder. They also don't have a third rounder because they the, the reason they have the Broncos second rounder is they basically flipped their third rounder for the Broncos second rounder. So the Saints will have their own first, the Broncos second. They will not have a third. And they don't have their own second. Yeah, they don't have their own second. So they could have two picks in the top 40. They will not have three. So just to be clear, and you know, that's part of the deal, right? Like you, you, it's, I'm not going to complain about that part of it. Uh, that, that second rounder, I wish you did have, but yeah. I'm waiting for comments to, you know, jokes to come in about them using, you know, the first round pick on an offensive lineman from a small school or something. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about that enough. Trevor Penning, you know, DA did talk about Trevor today and he added some in some more, you know, let more along with the perspective line. He did say something that I think is is closer to the truth in that he was struggling. And one thing that you have to be careful about with young players is if you just allow them to struggle, the confidence just goes down and down and down and down. And I think part of the idea was get him out of there, allow him to kind of go back and, and work on what he saw in the first six weeks, five weeks, and and build on that. And then maybe down the road, you can go back to him if you just let him be in there and like, I think he was regressing. And uh, if you just let him keep doing that, the confidence level is going to go through the floor and part of what they were trying to avoid. And, and yeah, you, can, well, you can dress it up however you want. You got benched. 
uh, hopefully they're trying to just piss him off. Yeah, because he seems to be better when he's angry. Right, they're like trying the whole... to send him a message. Right. right. That's a big part of it. They're trying to send him a message. And so if he receives it the right way and keeps working and gets better, then maybe you can still salvage that. But right now it's not looking good. Another another comment from KD. Always good from KD. Always here. Always making good comments. Did you see Dennis Allen talking at the half? He was ready to kill Groupie. Now, see, I think you're 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 misidentifying who Dennis Allen wants to kill in this scenario. And the reason being, the Saints don't keep Blake Groupie over Will Lutz. They don't keep Lou Headley over Blake Gillikin unless Darren Rizzi is championing those players. So if Dennis Allen wants to kill anybody, it's going to be Darren. Because again, like they didn't, they didn't, Darren didn't come in and say, you know, I think, I think Lou Will is better than Lou, than Blake. I think Blake is better than, that's confusing. I think Blake is better than Lou. And then they were like, you know what? Yeah, uh, we disagree with you, special teams coach. We're going to go with the rookies. No, this was a Darren Rizzi championed decision. It had to be. There's no other way. So I think if there's consternation with those picks, with those players, a lot of it's going to be directed at the coach. It's just uh, obviously an area that you knew could be a huge question, obviously, with two undrafted rookies coming in. And yeah, that's totally, I agree. It wasn't everybody overruling what Rizzi wanted for his special teams unit. It's, it's definitely there. And I, you know what? I mean, I, I don't know with groupie. I, you know, you talk about with kickers, they're different breeds of, you know, players and they're just wired differently. Is it something that starts to get between his head? No, I think it's, it's a mental thing. Like he, we know he can make the kicks. It's not a, not a physical issue for him. Right now, I think it's, you know, you talk about getting the yips. And that's why I was very concerned when he went out there for a 40-yarder, which is like, you miss a 52-yarder. And, you know, sometimes you just miss, right? It's, it's again, I think I said this before. It's like, that's the cost of doing business when you settle for a long field goal, right? The percentages go down. But right. if he's out there missing, like, the last, last week he missed a 29-yarder. And it was like, you don't miss that unless you are completely in your own head. If he had gone out there and, and yanked a 40-yarder, then, you know, I think there's another comment in here that was like, if the Saints went and scored a touchdown, you know, they were saying like, I think they might have gone for two because they didn't trust Groupie. I was thinking that too. I was because he clanked the extra point off the uprights on that first PAT. Yeah. He didn't get a second chance because they went for two on the next one. But <laughs> I, I, the only reason I say that, I, I don't think that's that would have been the case is because Dennis Allen, when it comes to being bold about, that type of decision about two pointers versus a PAT, never. Like you saw in week three, Mike Matt Lafleur went for two when they were down fourteen because you know the math and the, the analytics say you got a fifty percent chance. So if you, you the odds are that if you don't get it the first time, you're going to get it the second time, and if you do get it the first time, then you have a massive advantage. You're down six instead of seven. You can win with a touchdown instead of tying with a touchdown. You will never. You will never see Dennis Allen make that type of show, make that type of decision. He's just not that type of guy. And I, and I, I, I wish he was, I wish that he was more analytically inclined. I've said that before, but yeah, that's the only reason like he's going to, he's good. He would have kicked the PAT regardless. But you don't of, think if Pete came to him with that and said, listen, I got this, it's going to work. I think to this, right. I think this, I think he might listen to if like Pete was that passionate about something. No. I asked Pete about this. I asked Pete okay. if he thinks that that's a, you know, what does he think about that scenario? And he said, you know, if DA says we're going to do it, we're going to do it. 
So no, he's not. I mean, to be fair, it's probably the the, the special teams coach and the analytics guy. I don't remember his name that would have to f- champion that idea and be like, no, yeah, this is what this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And even then, I don't know because uh, that's just not how he operates. You see him punt from the forty from the thirty seven yard line, right? Like, just not that type of coach. Um, and again, I disagree with it, but that's just you know, would be realistic about it, I guess. Uh, anyway, nine ninety two RAS third down was horrible last night. And this is correct. I think what they were like third, three for 18, something like that. The only reason that people aren't talking about third down as much is because they were actually pretty efficient on fourth down. Right, exactly. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that, actually I do have the numbers right here. Four for six. Four for six, right. Yeah, and so the last, so yeah, the first fourth down attempt they didn't get, um, that was near midfield. And then the last fourth down attempt they didn't get. So they converted on four consecutive fourth downs. And that saved them several times when they failed on third down. So that's what made it. I feel like Alvin was pretty huge in a lot of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alvin had a great game. Uh, And, and, you know, I do want, like, Alvin, he didn't have his typical, you know, I'm worried that Alvin's going to check out. Um, And I don't know if you listened to his post-game comments. He was talking about, like, I'm blessed to play the game and blah, blah, blah. Like, I want him to be angry, you know, because I think that's, you know, you, you, you heard Michael Thomas stand up and make the speech. You, Dalvin did the same thing. And it's like when he stops getting angry about the type of performance that you saw in the first half and when he starts just being like, you know what, I'm just grateful to be here. To me, that's, that's like a sign he's, he's checking out and I don't want to see that. So I'm, I'm worried that the longer this goes on, the more you're going to get that from some of these players, which is like, you know what? I mean, how long am I supposed to pretend this is this is like, you know, the status quo when it's clearly not? Yeah, he even mentions like, you know, it's cool. I got I got my daughter. I'm blessed to have her. And I mean, that's true. I do think that's good perspective to have. But, you know, I just I I think he's a guy who has to be the this is not going to stand guy. And I don't hopefully he doesn't lose that. Um, But, you know, I don't know what the deal was with the scarf. That was kind of (laughs) strange. It almost feels like, yeah, it's like, well. Uh, there's only so much I can do or say the message isn't getting through. I'm going to do me, continue to do me and enjoy my life. Cause I know I got a good. <laughs> yeah. Here's Carl Markey. Mark says, Sean would have benched Olave last night. DA is running an unpissed, an undisciplined team. Sit Olave, give AT Perry a shot. And you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Sean never benched Brandon cooks and Brandon cooks was always kind of a, you know, a, well, you got just traded out of town. He did trade him. Right. He did trade Brandon Cooks away. And to me, that's kind of what I, I, I think that you, you gotta, you gotta get this thing pointed in the right direction as far as Olave is. I don't know if, you know, you gotta do something, but I don't let's, disagree let's with get, Let's get Derek Carr, Chris Olave and the gang go to the go-kart track and everyone have a fun day. Yeah. Maybe some mini golf. Yeah. Yeah. Some team bonding exercises. Maybe they need to get the ping pong no table back get in the hurt, locker room. Though, obviously. Maybe they need to get the ping pong table back in the locker room. Maybe that's the key. <laughs> but right the, the, the extra basketball net has just caused more strife yeah it's just it's just not getting the job done no jack hunter we shouldn't even talk about defense we scored one touchdown and gave the other team one touchdown so we did nothing on offense they scored two touchdowns to be fair but no i mean like I, i've said this before it's not fair that the off the defense has to carry this team but it's supposed to be that type of defense so i am going to be hard on the defense because the way they've come out the last two games and, and the players have said this, it's not me saying this. The players have said 
they basically came out flat. They didn't make adjustments in the second half against the Texans, at least not any major adjustments. It's not like they changed the scheme. They just played better. And I think that was the same thing against the Jags. I think they did make some adjustments to not get outflanked quite as much. And that's why you didn't, you know, and you talk about the lack of pressure. One of the reasons you can't get pressure is because you're trying to contain as opposed to get rushed upfield and and get beat inside. So, yeah, I mean, but I'm going to keep talking about the defense because that's the only way this team has a chance, in my opinion, of, of making the playoffs is if this defense gets on a roll the way they did in the second half of last season and the, the offense can can find its way to get its head above water. To me, that's the only way. No, you were you're dealing with some, you know, a lot of your main guys are a tad banged up right now. I know no excuses. We we saw the the Jacksonville offensive line was was hurting as well. We couldn't take any really kind of advantage of that. But you know, we know Cam's dealing with injuries. Demario's dealing with an issue in his knee that he even said I, I should I had like zero percent chance to be playing in this game. Uh, but miraculously was able to, you know, by the grace of God, according to him, able to, you know, play, able to even suit up and get on the field. And then also even Tyron Matthew hurting right now, too, is another one of your your big veteran guys that, I mean, just on all levels, you know, front, middle, back, you're kind of banged up there and and not 100%. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably partially contributing to the to the getting out run at every level part of the, the equation. But yeah, here's one comment from Carl Marky Marks that I think is not necessarily accurate. He says, our D-line is the oldest in the league and it's showing more and more every year. I don't think that's true. I think maybe that was true last year when you when you were relying on David Onyemata. And, uh, but I mean, you're talking about, you know, Cam is obviously 33, 34. But, and the other guy that's older than I thought he was is Nathan Shepard. He's actually 30, um, but he's only been in the league for like five years. So he contributes to the age. But I mean, beyond that, Colin Saunders is 27. Brian Brzee is 22. Malcolm Roach is 25. Tano Passigno is 29. Cam, uh, so Cam, Carl Granderson's 26. Isaiah Foskey is 22. I mean, I don't think the, the age is the, the issue there. I mean, shout out to Carl Granderson. Always the dude, the dude's efforts always present. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I you have two you have two rookie defensive linemen. I don't think that you're. I think that you are younger now than you have been on the, on the defensive line. So I, I don't know if that's necessary. I, just from a factual perspective, I don't think they have the oldest defensive line in the league. I don't. I'd have to look around and find. I'd be very surprised if that was the case, considering you have multiple guys in their early twenties um, in that group. But no, I mean, Cam. I think you you have to start looking at more of a rotation as it pertains to Cam, I think Carl, you can probably rely on and say, yeah, he's still in that peak level where you can trust him to be, you know, a 95% snap guy. But, you know, I think it's Cam is at that point in his career where, you know, I see him just trying to chase people down way too often. And the problem is Isaiah Foskey is, is developmental and he's not quite where you want him to be, but, 
Tano is a, is a good athlete. Tano is probably the best athlete in terms of that group. And I'd like to see him get more action. Um, so I don't know. It's the defensive line is something, but if, if you're stuffing the run, you can live with a lot of that because not every team is going to be able to beat you to the edges of the field, the way the Jags are. So I think you just need to be a lot more careful in these matchups against these speedster teams, which there are, you know, not every team is, but there are a good number of teams with very good speed. Um, and so you just have to game plan. I don't know if they had enough time this week to really come up with a great plan for how to handle some of this team speed. Um, but with, with cam too, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine taking such a, you know, such a legend for this team off the field. I, and I understand, yeah, he's, he's getting up there in age obviously, but yeah, using less of cam will, will save him more. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying you take him off the field in terms of like you're still yeah. gonna. I still think you use him like maybe 75 percent of the snaps. Just not. He's. I don't think he's a 90 percent snap guy anymore. But you know, and he it, wants to be obviously too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's the problem. Is <laughs> you're gonna have to convince him that's a good idea, <laughs> and that's tough. You know, he's the team leader. Yeah. Right. He's he's, he's, looking at, he's looking at DA going. Why would I come off the field? And 34 years old, you know, even at 34, he is still a very good all-around defensive end. I just think in some of these matchups, especially the the fast teams, and Justin Pasquale points out here, it's speed and a mobile QB absolutely make our defense look vulnerable. And fast. and I think that's that's where you know maybe in those matchups you do you 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 utilize Isaiah Foskey and you let him spy a little bit, right? You you don't necessarily rush, but you use him to to be that flanker. And so, yeah, I think you do need to start looking at some of that with Cam. Jack Hunter says, my Saints flag is upside down and a half mast because this team done died. I don't know. I don't have any take for that, but uh, that's quite dramatic. Leo Addy Chase, rare positive. I think this was the best. The O-line played all season with Pete getting pushed around. Penning, Hurst on the left side has been that bad. Cam Irving is an upgrade. Props to him. Yeah, I mean, Hurst at guard has been for uh, Max Garcia, I think, was a major upgrade at guard. And I said this, like, one of the reasons that I think you were willing to move Hurst to left tackle is not necessarily that you desperately wanted to replace Trevor. It's that you, I think you needed to do something else at guard. I don't think Hurst is getting the job done at guard. So you're going to replace Hurst at guard. And then the question becomes, well, is Hurst a better option at left tackle than Penning? Because one of them has to go to the bench. And once you made the decision to send Trevor to the bench, I think the die was cast. And from there, you just said, okay, I guess we're going with Andres now. <laughs> but like, I think Max Garcia has been a bright spot the last two weeks. The O-line definitely a surprise considering, you know, the shambles things look like going into the matchup. And it, it definitely seemed like the chicken little situation of the sky was falling going into a game against the team that likes to be known as Saxonville. <laughs> Ter- I, I always think of it as like, you know, like Saxony, you know, like a, like an old English town. Um, Which they could be heading to. Who knows? That's yeah, true. Yeah, there you go. Good, 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 Ooh, good connection there. Right. Here's LVP. We were kind of talking about this earlier. Breeze was a coach on the field. No Moss on this team. I don't know what that means. No, no good on this team. Uh, no Moss, no Moss. No more. No more. No more. Yeah, no, yeah. Ma- no more. Yeah. Okay. It's Spanish. In case you're wondering. Like the uh, oh, who was it? Uh, the the boxer, the no moss boxer. Um, was it Roberto? Duran? Yes, Roberto Duran. Yeah, no moss. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, no moss. Yeah. 
but no, I, like, and I think like when, when I'm critical of Carr when he's coming off the field, you know, throwing a tantrum, cause that's really, that's what it was. That's, that's where it's like, you need him to, to yes, hold people accountable, but that's not how you do it. Right. Like that's just going to piss, p- piss people off. And it's not, you're not going to get the best out of players when you're showing them up on national television. You're not, you're just not. And I, you know, and Carr admitted that, right? Like he came out after the game and said, "Like I need to be better about that," and he does. Um, but like he, he's he's an emotional guy, and I and it has gotten the best of him. And I just don't think that you, you can't be doing that. Like that's, I, I'm sure he's getting it. Yeah. For me, it's more of I I understood where it was all. Like I said, that that bubbling rage was coming from, and yeah, it just happened to spill out. I don't. I mean, he's not. I don't think he's done that consistently all season, though, huh? Well, no, he wasn't. He wasn't freaking out when they were two and zero. But the last two weeks, you've seen it, and and so that you know, one time it's like you can be like, all right, you know, everyone gets emotional. Everyone, you know, you never, no one's gonna be perfect all the time in that regard. Two weeks in a row, no, that's childish. You can't be doing that. Um, With that, uh, the the first one is that the one where he was coming off yelling at Pete. Yeah, the last video week, you're yeah. talking about. Okay, yeah. This time it even it looked bad on national TV too because oh, like yeah. you're seeing that and it's like yeah but you threw the ball out of bounds so what are you mad about you threw an uncatchable ball well he was throwing it away but like that image is still gonna last so, like those quote tweets don't go away so now right. everyone's like what the hell's Derek Carr complaining about when he's throwing it to the sidelines exactly you, you threw the ball to Ugo Amadi and you're yelling <laughs> at the receiver yeah, so it just doesn't look good like it's just a bad look and he's got to be better. Someone asked me if we'd pick Michael Pratt from Tulane. I don't think anyone's going to pick Michael Pratt from Tulane. You probably get him as a UDFA. So here's a conversation. We can get into this. It's a big conversation to get into on the last comment of the day, but here's Big Mill. If Winston is any good, why wouldn't he go somewhere else and try to be a starter instead of staying there and being a backup? This is not, I'm not necessarily responding to this question. It's just, just a, just a prompt to get into this topic of would it make sense for the saints to go to Jameis Winston? And right now, at this point, no, because you invested too much in Derek Carr to pull the rug out from under him in week eight. But like I said at the top here, you got to make real changes, real decisions to prove you are serious about winning. And you can't, you're not changing a quarterback and a play caller at the same time. And to me, I think that the first step you have to take is adjustments as it pertains to the play calling. And if you do that and we're still seeing the same inconsistencies in the same issues, say a month, let's say three, four weeks down the road, and you're still hovering around 500 and you still, all you can do is beat Gardner Minshew, which I expect them to do. You know, you can beat Tyson Badgett, right? Which I expect them to do. And then you're just laying a dud in division games. Then yes, I do think that you have to seriously consider making a change. Right now, it's just tough. I mean, like I get it; the stats are not good, but this is the this is the bed you made when you brought Derek Carr in. And you know, if 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 it goes off a cliff and it just does not work, then I think you're cleaning house anyway. So I don't think this coaching staff is going to be like, yeah, what's this is not that, that's not going to be what saves their jobs. Let's put it that way. Like, does that make sense? Like if right. you're a coach and you're you, you're you just sold me on bringing this guy in and now we're going to put Winston in. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because they didn't sign Derek Carr, uh, just like the Darren Rizzi thing, right? Like he championed 
Blake Groupie and Lou Headley, right? So if there's any resentment there, it's going toward the special teams coach. Same thing applies to the head coach and the offensive coordinator who championed Derek Carr. So I just don't think that that... For my system, it's going to be great. Yeah. So like, if you're coaching for your job, that's not going to save your job. Now, down the road, maybe maybe it's just like you get, you're desperate and you just, okay, we got to do something, you know, and then I don't think you're there yet, right? Like you're not even halfway through the season. Um, you're one game under 500. You win two, three games in a row and all of a sudden you're, you're moving and you're, you're, in, you're in the right position. This is still an easy schedule. Like you're still not looking at this schedule and saying, oh, it's, you know, this is something that they cannot get wins in. But yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that's where you're at right now. But you are a lot closer right now than you were two, three weeks ago. So well, I'll, I'll put it there. Yeah, there, there's no way in hell I, I think they, they make that switch to, to Winston at all, unless it was going to be due to an injury. And we saw that didn't even happen. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it, I, his shoulder was not in great shape that week, obviously, and they still trotted him out there. Yeah, no, this coaching staff is going to do everything it can to make things work with Derek Carr, right? Because once you sit Derek Carr down, no turning back. You're not going back to him, <laughs> right? Like, like he brought this guy in. You know, that's just not like if the locker room gets toxic and you don't think you have any other option, that's one thing. If you're just doing it to say, it's like, remember, uh, if you remember Eli Manning's uh, one of his last seasons, they tried to bench him for Geno Smith. And you could say Jameis is, is, has a better pedigree than Geno Smith, but you I mean, right. I think they're similar players when you, when it comes down to it, your first round picks, they got a chance with their original team and then they kind of got put out the pasture and they kind of just had this backup role. And when they tried to do that, and, and it, obviously Derek Carr and Eli Manning are not good comparisons uh, in terms of, you know, Eli Manning was a legend in New York. Derek Carr is this kind of freelancer that showed up in New Orleans this year and has no, you know, built-in trust from the fan base. Um, but, you know, the fans were just like, what the hell are you doing, Ben? And then again, Ben McAdoo got fired, <laughs> right? They ended right. up putting Eli back in and firing Ben. And like, I think that's just a situation where it's like they didn't bring Geno Smith in there to be the future, the future starter. The saints don't view Jameis Winston as the future starter. So again, like I said, that wouldn't save their jobs, even if it worked. So I think that's what prevents you from doing it. But again, that's now that's right now. That's not week 13. No, to me, you know, you, you talk about even changes, just any kind of change to me. I don't. I don't think we're there yet at all. Uh, you know, the, the offense. Obviously, everyone wants to pull, call to with, with Pete Carmichael a play calling. I don't. I don't think it's quite there yet. Maybe after the bye week, it w- could be the. You know, you come in with a new, fresh perspective, kind of thing. I don't know. No, I, I think that's a good point. Well, when is the bye week? Week eleven. Yeah, week eleven. So, so yeah, yeah in, the, in the Chicago Minnesota bye. Yeah, if I'm if I'm looking at this from a from the perspective of like what wh- when when would you maybe make that change? I think right now you have this kind of mini buy, and that's where you could make a change at, from a play caller from just a like again you're not firing Pete Carmichael you're just reorganizing how things go, and then you give him three weeks or give or take and you look at it and you say okay where are we now? Have things changed for the better? Are we better off right now than we were in week seven? If the offense continues to go off a cliff. Then yeah, I think during that bye week is when you might make some difficult decisions in that regard. But yeah, you're not you're not really there yet. And and for me, the the question at quarterback, I'm 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 riding with Carr till the wheels fall off, 
you know, no pun intended. And, and, and yeah, I'm not benching him at all because like you said, how do you, how do you come back from that crap? <laughs> all right. That's a sign that we need to, we need to get off of here. This is inside black and gold. We Thanks everyone drinks. who joined us. Thanks everyone who, yeah, we should have done this with bourbon. Thanks everyone who uh, dropped in a comment, who, who, who stuck around and, and engaged. I always do appreciate it. I know this is frustrating for everybody, but, Thanks for sticking around. We're going to keep doing this because yeah, we don't have a choice. Um, but we, we know you have a choice. <laughs> so we appreciate you hanging out with us. I, I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow him at Steve Geller WWL. We're going to enjoy a long weekend. I'm going to sit on my couch and actually watch football on a Sunday for a change. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, Steve, you excited? Definitely excited. Folks, please keep liking and subscribing because uh, the more you do it, it frees our souls from the clutches of Odyssey. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Who that? Go Saints. Uh, who this? Who they? No. I don't know. Easy, y'all. <laughs>